we stand this morning for the reading of God's word from Mark, the ninth chapter. Then the disciples and Jesus, they came to Capernaum. And when Jesus was in the house, he asked them, what were you arguing about along the way? But they were silent, for on the way the disciples had argued with one another about who was the greatest. Jesus sat down, called the twelve, and he said to them, Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Then Jesus took a little child and put it among them. And taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Brothers and sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The latest bit of health advice, okay? Health advice. Eat real food. Eat real food. And the tagline often looks like this. Eat what your grandmother or your great-grandmother would have eaten, right? Okay. Well, this is my nanny. She lived to be 93 years old. And uh, going to Nanny's house down in Waterloo, Iowa, which is where my dad's from, we would always sit down around the table together. And this is what was on Nanny's table. Thick sliced ham, cherry pie from the store, Wonder Bread, real food, and bacon. Yum. (laughs) This was the meal at Nanny's house. This is real food, right? Let me tell you about real food. Real food is a 10-piece nugget when you got toddler rage in the back seat as you're crisscrossing around town with a headache. (laughs) That is real food. Real food is scratch and sniff, right? Because cooking for one, cooking for two can be challenging. And so you reach in the fridge, you scratch it, sniff it. Okay. Let's, Let's do it, right? That's real food. Real food. You laugh, but you know it's true. (laughs) Isn't it funny how so often, I think, in the grand scheme, we have become disconnected, right? That's the word we've been using all fall. Disconnected from real food. We're so used to processed food, to fake food, that we can't even tell when real food is staring us right in the face. And so I have to wonder, why is it that we settle for the same thing with our faith? Why do we settle for fake food instead of the bread of life? Why do we settle for fake good news when the good news of Jesus Christ is right here in front of us? What does the fake good news sound like? Well, the fake good news sounds like God needs our help in some way, like you need to say you're sorry a little bit more. 
or today you need to make a personal decision for Jesus Christ, or you need to do more stuff at church, or you need to do more stuff at work, or you need to do more stuff at home, or you need to do more stuff, (laughs) dot, 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 (laughs) right? It sounds exhausting. What disconnects us from God is when we put anything at the center of our lives other than Jesus. In fact, the Bible actually has a word for that. It's called idolatry. Whenever we put anything that's not God at the center, whenever we put our hope, our love, our trust in that thing, then we have fake good news. It's not real good news because there's always going to be some sort of strings attached to it. So just like eating junk food, in the same way, why would we not eat the bread of life? But we do it all the time. It's like hardwired into who we are. We make ourselves the center of the entire world, oftentimes at the expense of other people. How do we know this? Well, we watch how we treat one another, right? Watch how we treat one another. I asked uh, on Facebook this week about things that bug you, that other people do, and this is what you came up with. Things like, don't you love it when people interrupt you constantly in the middle of a conversation? Or how they one-up you in the conversation. Like, that was awesome, right? But let me tell you about what I did last weekend. (laughs) It was amazing. Or someone loves to be the grammar police. We love that too, don't we? Friends, these are all just symptoms. Symptoms of putting us at the center as opposed to putting our faith at the center of who we are. But I just kept wondering this past week, there has got to be a better way to live this life. We want life, the kind of life that Jesus promised us. Don't we want that? Yes. But sometimes we don't even know how it is or how it can happen. And so we look at other shiny stuff that we can grab onto to try to lift ourselves up, even at the expense of someone else. But what if today... Jesus is just simply offering you his way. This way of life, as we've tried to articulate in the values of our church. So go with me now to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. Before we even get into the story, right, about Jesus' friends, who you'd think the people that spent the most amount of time with him, shouldn't they know, right, what he's about? Do they get it? Somebody say no. No. Isn't that good news? I'm so glad other people wrestle with this too. But what frames this whole chapter of Mark 9 is these verses, starting in 31 and 32. Right? First, it kind of gives us some of the good news, what happened. Jesus is saying goodbye, and so he says, this is what's going to happen to me. I'm going to be betrayed. They're going to kill me. Three days later, I'm going to rise. There's that news right there. But then verse 32, but they did not understand. And, what he was saying, and they were what? Afraid to ask. Isn't that good news? The disciples who were closest to Jesus, they didn't always understand, and sometimes they were even afraid to ask, what does this mean? And I'm not sure if I'm going to ask, because it's too scary. I don't know what's all in the Bible. I don't know what all that means. I don't know what he's trying to say. I don't know how this whole faith thing connects to my life and what I'm supposed to do on Monday now. 
What does it mean? These verses are simply calling us out. They're calling us out and they're reminding us we can't have Jesus at the center and Kevin at the center. It just can't work that way. It just can't work that way. And so we find the disciples arguing amongst themselves. And Jesus drops this little bit of mystery right on us, right? What does that mean? Servant of all. Last of all. I'm not even going to try to unpack it. Because sometimes we just need to hear it and wrestle with it. What does it mean? Well, the fake good news would say, well, you're at the center, so you need to look out for you. You can't be giving away your time. You can't be giving away your energy. You can't be giving away your money. You don't know if you're going to get it back. What's going to happen then? You're never going to get back up. Our sin prevents us from even seeing that we have a double standard in our life. And that's why Jesus offers these words of corrective for us. This is why we as a church have a value of partnership that says children, men, women, we all are a team together, all at the foot of the cross with Jesus at the center. And so I want to take a moment just to tell you briefly about a team that continues to inspire me. This is Steve and Stacy Lufkin. You probably don't know them, but... I bet you, you might know someone like them. Stacy was my ninth grade U.S. Uh, history teacher. And then she bailed me out of a lot of class in high school because I was doing student council. And then she became a close confidant for me when I became president. And then she was at my wedding. She read at my ordination. She continues to speak about Jesus in a way that I need to hear it. Maybe you have someone like that a partner in your life like that. That's her husband, Steve. Steve is a math teacher, high school math teacher. He's also an incredible football coach. And I would B plus and C minus my way through his math classes by the grace of God. <laughs> and then I got to tell him, hey, I'm going to go to Gustavus, south of the city, south of Minneapolis an hour. And they go, really? Well, that's where we met. <laughs> what a great place. They've always been a champion for me. Fast forward. 2014, do you remember when everybody was dumping ice buckets on their head? Dumping water on their head and filming it? What, was they trying to, what were they trying to lift up? Close. ALS, right? Lou Gehrig's disease, which is this um, atrophying of your muscles and your whole body. Well, around that same time, Steve noticed that he was having some pain in his legs too. This is Steve today. Full-time in a wheelchair, full-time on oxygen, very whispered speech. And yet, he is so present. <laughs> I asked him, because I got to talk with him the other day, <laughs> and I said, Steve, do you ever mess with people who stare at you because you're in a wheelchair? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> and he said, told me this story. He's at a big box retailer. He's at the front door. And there's a couple of families there. And the kids are just staring at him, right? Here's this guy. He's got this thing. He's in a wheelchair. He's got the nose thing on, right? And they're just staring at him. And, and 
if you have kids and someone's staring at someone in a wheelchair, what do you tell them? Stop staring. Stop staring. And finally, Steve caught the kids' eyes and he gave them a Steve Lufkin smile. Boom. The kids went crazy. (laughs) They just smiled and were just so happy. And what Steve saw, though, was this. He said, Kevin, I think I saw Jesus that day. Because those kids were telling me with their smiles, with their presence, with their stares, I see you, child of God, Steve. I see you. See, the special sauce for the Lufkins is this unshakable faith in Jesus Christ. Now tell me, is Steve pulling down his paycheck as a football coach and as a teacher right now? Can Steve do anything right now except receive the good news of God? (laughs) Is Steve doing anything other than just being Steve and being loved for who he is? Wow. And he has partners all over the place, in Aberdeen, South Dakota, in Minneapolis, and everywhere in between. Wow. See, the fake good news is going to tell you God's love has strings attached, but friends, I am here to tell you that the Jesus of the Bible says, you did not choose me, I chose you. God makes the decisions. God addresses sin, death, and the power of the devil, not with our help, but with an unequivocal statement from the cross. It is finished. Not with gold, not with position, with power, but with his innocent suffering and death so that we can say, all of this he has done that I may be his own, as Luther has said that I may be his own. And so if God has made the decision, if Jesus died on the cross for you and me, then we don't have to be silenced by our questions. We can embrace them and then find people to talk with them about. We don't have to try a little bit harder, pray a salvation prayer enough. That's not even in the language of this church. We say here, we are saved by grace through faith, not of any work, so that no one may boast. There's no one who's the greatest. There is only one. And this gives us room to walk tall, assured that we are loved by God. And so we can be about the business of partnering as a church with one another, supporting one another. What does that look like? Well, friends, next week, 40 confirmation students being confirmed, waiting for us to invite them into a compelling life of following Jesus, of ministry together. We do that together. If someone gets sick, we rally around them. We have farmers and bankers and every person in the corner of Aberdeen right now bringing in harvest, supporting one another. Don't settle for a love from God that has strings attached. Don't settle for a God that looks like you, talks like you, behaves like you. I don't believe in that God either. But I do believe in a God who has claimed me and forgiven me and freed me so that I can team up with you to be about God's work in the world. And maybe you are a Steve or a Stacy Lufkin. Maybe we need a Steve or a Stacy Lufkin in our lives. To be servants is to use your own God-given greatness for someone else. Because we know 
what God has already done for us and Jesus. And so may those values invite you into a Jesus way of life today, tomorrow, and into the future. Thanks be to God for each and every one of you. Amen.